0: Luke 17, uh, verse 11 to 19, you're on page 1051 if you're using the church Bible. Luke 17, uh, 11 to 19. It's this 10. It's the story of ten people being healed of leprosy. They cried out to Jesus, he answered them, and then we're going to see what their reaction was. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, and as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. And he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. I don't know about you, manners are important to me. Uh, I was brought up to have good manners, I didn't get anything without a please or a thank you, and uh, I suppose it's been driven into me. And if I'm, if I'm echoing what I was saying this morning, it's one of those messages that have, is ingrained into me. And I, I, get, I get annoyed when, it, when the same courtesy is not uh, given back to me. I, I try and show grace. Uh, but uh, I do get annoyed and it's what we teach our kids isn't it it's what teachers teach kids at schools hopefully you know please thank you basic manners hold a door open don't let it slam in the face um, please and thank you so I'm a stickler for it if I open a door for someone or if I tip someone um, I expect a thank you what's that? what was that? that was a, what? I like it you know it's good <laughs> still don't know what you said. (laughs) No, so I'm a stickler. I I like being thanked. Uh, Not because I desperately seek it. I just think it's the courteous thing to do. I went skiing recently. As you know, I managed two days of it. Uh, But uh, in skiing, you get like a turnstile. And there's this one where you go down on the the, uh, cable car thing. And um, it has turnstiles. And I was kind of next in line, but so one went in, and I was next, and a kind of uh, probably a five or six people or group that were all together. So one went in, and I was next, and they kind of they want to get, they can see the one. Coming. So I sort of stood back and let them all in, and none of them said thank you, and I get the hump. I mean, honestly, and I, I, you know, I know I'm a Christian, and everything, but so, so I politely said to them, uh, "Yo, you're welcome. You're welcome." Because, you know, I just think, say thank you. And they all kind of look back. And then you feel, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. They're all bigger than me. Um, and uh, But, you know, I just, wanted, I just wanted a bit of thanks. It's only a small thing. It's, how hard is it? It's not hard to say thank you, is it? There's so much uh, ingratitude in the world that often people don't see the blessings in front of their eyes. Um, I was with a non-Christian a couple of months ago, actually before Christmas, and we went up to see some... Uh, I went up to see someone I used to work with who's since moved firms. And we had a good business when I was broke what we did. But, you know, we, we worked, we had a salary, and that was it. If we had a good month, we got paid a salary. If we had a bad month, we got paid a salary. This guy had moved firms. And he was on what they call commission share agreements. So whatever he earned, he got a share of the commission. And, of course, all these clients, so I left and my boss left, and in the end, um, you know, the business just drifted away. And this guy went to the other firm, and all these clients went with him. So you think, oh, and what was between three is now between one. And he got a share of the commission. So he's going to do very well, um, which is great. And uh, he's reaping the benefits. And as part of us, we were talking to him, uh, my ex-boss and me, and uh, we're all really happy for him. So I thought, uh, I was like, this is really good. You're working hard. You're doing the hours. He's at his desk really early and working out with clients in the evening and everything else. He's reaping the benefits. And I said, but good for you. You know, you've got a young family. Brilliant. Working hard. No problem at all. And then he had to go back to the office. Uh, but me and my ex-boss stayed there, and we just had a quick chat. As soon as he went out the door, my ex-boss said, his face just changed, and I'm so angry, I'm so jealous of what's going on. That should be us. We're, that could have been us. And, and you know, it, it should be. He said, Smithy, how do we cope with this? Are you not annoyed? And I said, I, I said the way you cope with it is you get up, and this guy has not gone short. I mean, he lives in uh, Kent, Seven Oaks." One Oak, whatever it is now, and um, in a nice house, pool, tennis court. I mean, he's doing all, he's done, and he's a lot older than me. Done all right, okay? And I said to him, "What you? this is what you do to beat the jealousy. And this is how you cope with it. You get up in the morning, look at your wife, thank God. Look at your house, thank God. Look at your health and thank God. Basically, just thank God for the things you've got, rather than waste all your energy and time on what you haven't got. Or do you want to still be in the office by six in the morning and do all these things? You've got enough. You've got enough. You're going to waste your time uh, hankering about things that might have been and what you could have. He texted me a few days later. He said, you're right. He said, I thought about what you said. It's been a total release. Because he kept on looking what he couldn't. Rather than see the blessing in his own life and give him thanks for it, he was looking what everyone else had. And he couldn't see what was around him and this evening we have an opportunity to look at our approach our manners if you like towards God Uh, mostly to realize the correct response in thanking God for what he's done for us that's what we're doing around this table so what was this passage about what's got to do with tonight during one of his journeys uh, Jesus we're told is traveling uh, along the border between Samoa and Galilee and as he approaches a village 10 men uh, all had leprosy meet him on the road uh, he's aware of the law. They're aware of the law it required them to keep a distance from the clean people. You see, they're tarnished. So you shouldn't be speaking to the clean people. And they stood a little way off, and they cry out to Jesus, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. You see, they were unclean. And that's why they stood at a distance. And when I speak to uh, people about life and faith jesus some just don't believe they just don't believe and there's no anything i say is not going to change i struggle to see why they don't believe but they don't and that's just why it is but some sort of do they know they've got a an inkling that there is a god there is a higher being they can when i present them with the evidence for christ whether it's in alpha or over a drink whatever it is um, they've heard the evidence they kind of know there's truth in it But they choose, they make a a decision to choose not to do what the lepers did. They know that if they make that choice, then their life has to uh, change. Uh, Their life has to change. They know if they take it forward, then Jesus' call is for their life. And there are things that are going to change. And they don't want to embrace it. They don't want to embrace it. They won't call out for mercy like the lepers and when you become a Christian, we do, you do what the lepers did, you call out to Jesus. Before then, before I ever did that, I was one of the unclean people. Because I'm not, I haven't got Jesus in my life, I haven't got his saving grace. I was unclean. But now, when we come to this table, I'm cleansed. Through faith in Christ, I'm cleansed. Psalm 51, which I mentioned a little bit this morning, it's quite apt actually with the current weather uh, situation. This is David uh, talking about being cleansed. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. In fact, he's saying, make me clean. Wash away all my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. And whatever we do in life, whenever we do the things wrong, it's not only to people, it's really to God. It's God. He says, he says, Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. That's why it's so radical when Jesus forgave people their sins. It's like uh, if Nick, who's bigger than me, and I know he would never do this, but if he came up here, you shouldn't never do this. came up here and punched me on the nose. Um, And then Bernard said, that's okay, Nick, I forgive you. I would say, well, it's not your place to forgive him. It's up to me to forgive him. But Jesus forgave people. Because he had the power, he was God, and he could forgive. And it's like Nick has sinned against Jesus. So Jesus can forgive Nick and has the right to because he's he's God. So against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdicts and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Is before God but as we've cried out to him as I've, as I've cried out to him I'm cleansed and so are you and that's what we're remembering tonight the lepers verse 13 cried out to Jesus Jesus master have pity on us and Jesus told them to go and show themselves to the priest that was normal procedure according to the laws priest down in Leviticus at the time that uh, once you felt you'd been cured you had to present yourself to the priest to say yes you have and now you're free to leave the leper colony and go and join society. It was a strange command. Go and see the priest. And they think, well, I haven't been healed. But as they go on their way, they are. He's met with them. And then uh, the priest would have had to pronounce them clean. And then they could rejoin society. But they didn't even get there. He'd done it already. Jesus had done it for them. And he's done this, in a sense, for you and me. He's cleansed us. He's washed us. We're whiter than snow. We've been cleansed with the hyssop. We've been cleansed because of his blood on the cross. He's done, he did that for them then. He's done that for us now. He's done much for you and me. But then look what happened. That's the first half of the story. Although ten men had been cleansed, only one, verse 15, a Samaritan, verse 16, turns back to thank Jesus. How often have we seen answered prayers and not bothered to give thanks? How often have we asked God to intervene in a situation? But then don't go back and thank him when he does. You know, that's, that's just not right. That's worse than anybody jumping in line at a ski lift queue. You know, God is, we've heard testimony tonight, God moves. We have to thank him. It's right to It's polite. And that's why he sets this table for us. Only one turned back to thank Jesus. And Jesus, it offends God. Verse 17, where are the others? I thought 10 were healed. Where are the other nine? Couldn't be bothered to go back. In Jesus' day, Samaritans were the outcasts of society. Yet this one outsider, this outcast, a man despised by the mainstream culture, he stands out in Scripture. He's mentioned in Scripture because he's thankful heart. He comes back and thanks God. He took the time to say thanks to God and to praise him. In my experience, there's a lot uh, of unthankful people around. Uh, the people of God, us, should not be like them. It's what Jesus says in Matthew 6, do not be like them. Do not conform, Paul says, any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're not to be like them. We are a thankful people. We're a grateful people, not least for what Christ has done, but also for our lives, our homes, our families. We're in a complaining culture. The people of God do not conform to that. We've got so much to thank God for. We've heard thanks for the church this evening. Thanks for boldness. Thanks for prayers. Thanks for people joining us. So so much to to give thanks to God for. We've seen healings. We've seen lives turned around. Give thanks. Don't allow uh, your busy life sometimes, my busy life, to rob us of the blessing of a thankful heart. We're in a busy culture. You can see it all around. Uh, People rushing around not realizing this, living in the moment. Jesus spoke about it, didn't he? You know, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got you know, it's got enough worries today. Think about today. There's a new thinking now, mindfulness. You know, living in the moment as if it's a new thing. Jesus spoke about it two thousand years ago. Becoming a person of gratitude, I find I'm less well, not that I'm depressed, but I'm less. You know, it's a blessing to give thanks, and then you you feel blessed because when you're giving thanks for things, you realize just what you've got. It's amazing. You got good parents, thank God for them. Got kids, thank God. School, thank God for the opportunity of education. Got a job, thank God. People helping you, thank God. Best friend, thank God. When your girlfriend breaks up with you, thank God for the friend. Special gifts or talents, thank God. Ill or sick, thank God for the nurses and doctors. I did that recently. I was so grateful. Uh, They didn't speak English, but I knew they were going to help me, and I was pleased. And I thank God for them. The Bible says to give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't mean to say I thanked God for what happened to me. Although, I have to say, I do see blessing in that and what's happened since. Um, But I can thank God in spite of what's happened. Uh, I don't have to thank God for a broken leg. I can thank God in spite of a broken leg. There's always something to give thanks for. And look around. We have so much to thank God for. Don't focus on what you haven't got, like that silly friend of mine. You'll be miserable looking at other people and other circumstances. We've got so much ourselves. Uh, pressures to have the latest thing. It's just all a lie, really. The people of God stand out from the crowd because they know how to thank God and others. Not just sometimes, but every time. And communion for us is a place, a time to stop, to pause, to ponder the things of God and what he's done for us. Ultimately, the cross. The cross. Really, which which it's above everything. We could have everything in the world, but without Christ, we're doomed. And so we come to the table, thanking God. So we're going to stop and pause and ponder the things of God. You can say with the Psalmist, "Have mercy on me, O God. Blot out my transgressions. Cleanse me from my sin against You. Have I sinned? Cleanse me with the hyssop. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow." Jesus said, "Do this." in remembrance of me. Um, he's reminding us to say thank you. Isn't that amazing? Because we need reminding to thank God. So I'm just going to pause uh, for a short while. And you can bring those things before God that you need to bring before him. Um, and then we'll give thanks for the uh, bread and the wine. Maybe Gary, could you come up? and You can, when after a minute or so, just give thanks for the bread and the wine, what they represent, the body given for you. And the blood shed for you. It's time to give thanks. And uh, when you've had your prayers, Gary can thank God for the bread and the wine and what they represent. Because God so loved you that he sent his son to die for you and we need to give him thanks for that. So just in these moments, I'll open up in prayer and you've got a time yourself just to bring whatever you want to bring before God. Father, we thank you that you're listening. We thank you for your presence, and Holy Spirit, I pray now, you bring things to mind that we have to bring before you. I pray, Lord, that uh, we'll fill your ministry to us by the presence and power of your Holy Spirit.